Hey, what's up, everybody? You are listening to a new episode of What's Up With Danny. Um, thanks for listening. It's been a little bit since we've put out an episode. Um, a little less than three months, I think, since our last episode we posted. Uh, Andy and I have been very busy, what with work and in the summer and everything. Um, you know, life sort of gets in the way sometimes, but we are back. We've gonna, we're going to post a couple of episodes here. Uh, that we recorded a while back, and then hopefully we'll be getting right back into it and start getting you some episodes uh, out a little more frequently. Um, today's guest, the on today's show, we have a wonderful comedian from the Grand Rapids area. Uh, we are talking to Brianna Blackburn today. Um, she is a comic, uh, like I said before, in the Grand Rapids area. She's very funny. Uh, I've had the privilege of seeing her perform a handful of times uh, out and around and a very funny comedian. Um, and we spend a lot of this time, you know, talking about how she got her start in comedy and, uh, you know, how she gets her material, crowd work, uh, her performance style, finding her voice in comedy. You know, we discuss a lot of different things. Uh, I'm not going to sit here and act like I remember everything we talked about because this conversation took place a few months ago, but um, we put links in the information or in the bio for this episode. You can find her on Instagram and Twitter and uh, watch some of her comedy. Very funny comedian would recommend uh, staying in touch with her and seeing when some of her comedy dates are up and uh, getting somewhere, getting to a comedy show and seeing her perform. Uh, very funny. Brianna, thank you again for your time and my apologies. Uh, this was meant to uh, promote some shows you had coming up and those shows have since passed. So uh, all the more reason to find an, another show uh, that she'll be performing at for you to check out. Um, yeah, I think I could sit here all day and talk about how funny she is, but let's get on so you can listen to the episode. Um, email us at uh, what's up with Danny Pod at Gmail. If you have any comments, questions, uh, suggestions, make sure you rate, review, subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, we appreciate anything like that. Uh, if you give us a five star rating or you you know share us with a friend or something, make sure you subscribe so you see when we actually post episodes, even if we don't post them for a couple of months. Um, you can find us on Facebook. Uh, facebook.com slash what's up with Danny or at what's up with Danny podcast on the Instagram. Uh, we are also on YouTube. This video, the video for this episode has actually already been posted. Um, it is up and going. So if you're, if that's a little more your speed and you'd like to watch, uh, you can check that on our YouTube channel. Just type, uh, in what's up with Danny podcast on YouTube and you can find episode 107, uh, with Brianna Blackburn. Um, I think that's all I have to promote for the podcast. Wow, I did a really good job just now. That was fast and easy. Um, no shows to promote. I'm uh, going to give a couple of shout outs uh, for some past guests uh, that have been on the show before. Um, congratulations to Trevor Swanson. He's been on the show the most times in the history of the podcast. Uh, he was uh, accepted into the cast at the Comedy Project in Grand Rapids, and you can see him performing uh, there, you know, on Saturdays, uh, possibly Mondays, I think they do shows too. So 
if you're a fan of Trevor's or you like the episodes that he's on, uh, make sure you check that out. Congrats, Trev. Very happy for you. Um, congrats to another guest we've had on here, uh, Jordan Goforth. He and his wife are expecting. That is very cool, very exciting. Congratulations, Jordan. I want to give a quick shout out to Scott and Cam uh, from the band Secret Grief. They just put out a new, well, not, I won't say new, it's a, a, a remastered uh, versions of the seasonal EPs. Um, so make sure you check that out. Scott and Cam have both been on the show before and Secret Grief is a, has been a pretty important band, uh, for me, to me. I don't know what the right word is, uh, over the past decade or so. And it's very exciting to see them, uh, at it and keeping going and shout out to Tyler as well, who has not been on the show, but, uh, was a part of that experience as well. Um, shout out to Greet Death. They were on the podcast, and Jackie. They were on separate podcasts, but they're in the same band now. Uh, just caught them on the on the Grand Rapids date of the Foxing Tour uh, that they're currently on, and that is pretty cool. Congrats to them. Um, yeah, I feel like I could come up with more shout outs, but that would probably take too long and I'll save them for other episodes. Uh, and in the meantime, enjoy this episode with the very funny Brianna Blackburn. Thanks everybody. I was thinking about how I wanted to start this and I thought it would be kind of fun because uh, I saw you perform at the more the most recent time I believe was the Laugh Fest show. Okay. The I think the Dirty Show okay, is what yeah. it was called. And I believe you opened for it, mm -hmm. or you were the first comedian to perform. And there was this guy, right in the like almost immediately in front of the center uh -huh. of the stage, like right in the front row, and just about every performer that came up, just like kind of picked on him a little bit, like did a little <laughs> bit of crowd work. But you were the first one to sort of initiate that. Uh -huh. <laughs> and I thought that was so funny. And uh, I just like, there was something about the way that you did it that sort of made it seem like you had done some crowd work before, right. like that you were used to sort of like poking around at shows mm -hmm. and trying to find somebody to kind of mess with a little yeah. bit. And so I kind of wanted to start off with that. Usually we kind of get with like how you got your start doing something, but I kind of just want to touch base on this at first. Cause was that, is that like something you do when you, like before going into a show, you're like, how can I find somebody in the crowd? Or is it just sort of like, oh, you see him, he's doing something, you think of it in the moment and then you just decide to say it. Like, how does that work? Um, Usually it uh, depends. So usually like, I like to get to my shows pretty early and mm -hmm. watch the crowd fill it in. Cause I like to like, Feel off the crowd, see what kind of crowd I'm gonna be dealing with, you know, right, right, right. drunk people or, mm -hmm. you know, people who just like, okay, I'm here, you know, yeah, so yeah, just yeah. vibe off of them. And um, usually I do, like, if I see somebody that I notice, like, I'm always people watching, like, if I see somebody, like, one time I saw a guy eating onion rings, but he was like cutting it up. So when I got on stage, <laughs> I pointed that out, like, hey, why you, you think you're better than us? So, but. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but yeah, sometimes if I see little things, I pick on them. But other times, I just go up there and I'm just like, "Hey, you look interesting. You know, what's your deal?" <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you know? Yeah, and you get some crazy responses sometimes. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Nice. Well, I want to come back to that later. I was just sort of curious the mindset, but well, I guess we'll start off. Thank you for doing this. We appreciate you. Um, so I guess let's kind of get the ball rolling starting off with that. Tell me how you kind of got started in comedy or where you were like, oh, maybe this is something I need to do. You know, did you, did you remember like when you, what it sort of clicked with you? Yeah. So uh, basically, like all my life, people have been told, telling me like I should be a comedian. I should be a comedian. And I always say I don't have jokes. I have problems. You know, like <laughs> this is real problems. This is not right. funny. You know. Right. And I would just brush it off. I never thought about being a comedian, whatever. Mm. So uh, about two thousand was it eighteen? Eighteen, nineteen? No, two thousand nineteen. Because it's my third year. So two thousand nineteen. Mm. So eighteen, nineteen. Um. Just a really rough year, going through a breakup, uh, losing my apartment, and just like really just not a good space in my life. So mm -hmm. um, I connected with a friend of mine. Um, we were at his brother's graduation, and he was talking. He was like, yo, we should just sign up for open mic. And he's like, oh, Dr. Grins does open mic. I was like, okay, all right, sure, whatever. And then I talked to another buddy of mine. He was saying the same thing, like, yeah, Dr. Grins does open mic. So... That, that, that putting that out there so I'm just like okay I'm mm. the grand's open mic so I look into it and I said forget my buddy because he's taking all day and I just signed up <laughs> I, sent him, I sent him a message was like hey I heard you guys do open mic you know he's like alright this is your date and I remember the date because it was my grandma's birthday so it was August 1st nice. and he was like you get three minutes and then like as the time came closer I'm nervous getting nervous never been on stage before I don't know what I'm going to do what I'm going to talk about if it's going to be good or what just just nervous and um so I invited everybody. I was like, hey, guys, I'm going to try, you know, stand up and stuff like that, you know. And so I went there and uh, I had only written one joke. And like the rest of it, I didn't know what else I was going to do. I thought I was just going to shit my pants on stage <laughs> or, or throw up. So right. yeah. I hit, I wrote the one joke. I did the one joke and it hit. Instant. I'm like, oh, OK, they like me. So I'm like, fuck, I got like two minutes and 45 seconds. To live. <laughs> like three minutes. So it's like this group of kids. Um just sitting in the front row and I'm like oh shit what's up the Jonas Brothers are in town so I just start <laughs> fucking with them and then there was another guy off to the side he looked really odd I just start fucking with him and then he was like oh you're at two minutes I was like damn that was fast like my sex life and just then I just finished it off and it went well so that's how it really started so, nice. yeah. hell yeah do you remember what the first joke was the first joke was, uh, yeah, I still use it to this day. It was, uh, I live, I started off, because it was my grandma's birthday. So I started mm. off, like, giving it back on my grandma. I was like, yeah, I live with my grandma. She's the type of grandma that can compliment you and insult you in the same sentence. Like, <laughs> Brianna, she told me the other day, Brianna, you look cute with your fat ass. <laughs> and so, <laughs> <laughs> that nice. went off well. And so, yeah, it's one of my favorites. I keep with it. I think about making, getting t-shirts made with that on there. So Nice. Yeah, clever. So, right on. Yeah. Now, tell me, I guess that first, if that first joke, you know, it hits and you kind of get the sense that, oh, that joke worked. Let me keep going with this. Mm -hmm. Do you remember the sensation you got from the laughs? Just like that first initial hit? Yeah, I was like shocked. <laughs> I was older oh, laughing at me like, okay, like this is a room full of people. Grins, you know, mm -hmm. and everyone kept telling me like, well, Grins is a good place because people pay to come because I didn't know nothing about comedy, just right. what I seen on TV. I didn't know like the business or logistics or whatever. Yeah. And people were telling me like Grins is a good place because people 
come pay comedy. Usually, when people come to pay co- for comedy, they're there to laugh. Right. So everyone was telling me, you know, it's always a good room, but it was packed. Like all I saw was like a light shining <laughs> in my face <laughs> and people. Like I was yeah. just nervous as hell. But yeah, when the joke hit, I was like shot. Like oh okay, yeah. yeah. Like, you can hear the nervousness in my voice and stuff. Mm-hmm, like my voice yeah. was shaky and stuff like that. So, yeah. but yeah, it was a good feeling. Right so, on. Hell yeah. Nice. And I guess would you say because this when I hear. You know, I'm not myself. I'm not a comedian, but I listen to a few comedy podcasts here and there, and kind of no, no. I feel like probably enough to get by, I guess, in a conversation, maybe. But can you describe it like how it hooked you in? Like, are you sort of addicted to that laugh, maybe more so than even before you were a comedian? Um, yeah, I like the attention. Yeah. Yeah, so. It's like just to see them laughing. It's like, mm-hmm. oh hell yeah, that's that's a good feeling. Like yeah. they're laughing, you know, they're laughing like at me, but not like at me, you know. Right. Like yeah. they're laughing at something like, oh, I can make people laugh. Like mm-hmm. especially a room full of people that paid, yeah. and I have they have no idea who the hell I am, you know. Just, yeah, yeah it's crazy because I was it was my first time, and then he put me first. I was like, you son of a bitch, like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. what the hell? But yeah, it, it is a good, it's a good feeling. Just being on just being on stage in general is a good feeling. Yeah. You know, so. No, I like I like the way you said it. Where like people they were laughing at you, but not at you. Was there? Did it take you a second to sort of find the distinction between the two? Uh, no, I think I picked on it instantly. Yeah. It was like, well, I, it depends what like with the joke, but you know. Mm-hmm. That's the part of being comedy. You have to make a joke. You got to be able to joke about yourself. Like, people laugh. Like, yeah. I tell jokes about me being fat and all this stuff. And it's like, yeah, they're laughing at me, but, like, I'm laughing at myself because, you know, hey, you know, it's my truth. It's, uh, right, right, right. You know, you just can't be no, can't be no bitch. You know? Hell <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Very cool. So, I mean, where did it go from there? You you do this show you or this open mic. You got three minutes maybe 15 seconds going in and then you found the other 245 from there you know like what where do you take that i mean you do you, you where, when's the next time you you're on stage oh so there? yeah after that i was on the high like everyone was like high five like oh you were also there's like there's no way that was your first time i'm like i swear to god i'm not lying <laughs> and it, it was funny because everyone after that kept going hey this is my first time <laughs> even like the headliner guy they were there to see it was like yeah. hey this is my first time <laughs> so everyone nice. got feeding off of that but um I actually waited about, like, two weeks before I got back on stage because I was still wondering, like, okay, is this something I want to keep trying or mm-hmm. is this, some, you know, like a one-and-done thing, like, hey, I did it off a whim. Mm-hmm. So uh, I was um, looking up, and someone put me in the Michigan Comedy Network, and so I was mm-hmm. looking up, like, other open mics because I wasn't familiar. Sure. And so I signed up for Make It Spicy. So oh, my okay. second show was at Make It Spicy, which is, uh, they do it at Mulligan's Pub on okay. Sundays okay. at 9, 9 p.m., yeah. Right so, on. Yeah, so nice. that was my second spot, and that went well too. So right on. Yeah. How how is Mulligans for like a comedy space? I'm only really familiar with it as far as for like a bar. band and well, oh, yeah, the bar the, too. But. Yeah, yeah, it's it's nice because it's that nice little closed off, intimate, you know, mm. private area. But they got like the upstairs too. Sometimes it gets oh. really busy and stuff. I think you know now that it's hotter out, you know, we'll get more people in for the comedy. Yeah. But mm-hmm. as a comedy, it's nice because you know it's like it's intimate, but something when the room is packed, it's like a good. You can really feed off the crowd and have a good set. Oh, so right, right. I highly recommend that show to a lot of like, especially newer comics. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's very good. Right on, cool. So I mean, where, like, where aside from you know just like looking around on the internet, where are you kind of trying to find places to perform, or where are you where do you find that you get the buzz 
going, you know, like where you can find people that might come to see you or places where you could get in and build an audience? Um, Yeah, that's when you start with the open mics, you know, mm. you just keep going there and trying to build your name up. And then I started uh, doing some traveling, you know, new comedy, just trying to get my name and my face out there. Mm. So I would go like shitty places in Michigan <laughs> like two three hours like I swear I was like the only black person in the town so but yeah. I'm like hey I'm, I'm dedicated to this I'm yeah, motivated yeah. I, I want to do this so mm-hmm. you know and it paid off well so um but I started getting booked at this uh and then you just start putting out clips and stuff like that and trying to because mm. at first it's like your family and friends are going to support you but then yeah. it's going to get to a point where they're like okay I'm you're okay we get it you want to yeah. do this you know yeah. and especially if your career is not taking mm. off like you know they're mm. like okay you keep doing these I'm not going to keep coming to every show or whatever so right, that's okay. when you have to like start promoting yourself start putting out clips start you know just just keep putting out clips and stuff like that and so I connected with this uh, guy comedian James Brown Jr yes that's his real name oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he has a spot called the Ambrosia Theater and so mm. I seen he posted in the comedy network and um, he was like, hey, I'm doing a clean comedy show. Never done clean comedy, but I was like, I could try it. You know, it seems fun. And it was paid. It was my first paid gig. Right. And nice. So I messaged him, and he not knowing who I am, he was like, all right, cool, you're on. So he came and seen me at an open mic, and he was like, oh, okay. Yeah, you're funny. So I did the show, and it went well and stuff like that. And so he just kept putting me on the shows and as he kept putting me on the shows it's more people started seeing me hmm. and that's when I kept networking and kept doing the open mics and it was like hey I'm gonna be on this show come see me so yeah. you really yeah. just gotta put yourself out there and network like I go yeah. to a lot of shows even if I'm not performing I just go there to support right, right. Mm-hmm. you know so I could just get my face and stuff out there and sometimes mm-hmm. they be like hey you wanna do like five ten minutes like oh okay yeah so hmm. you know so you just gotta put yourself out there yeah, yeah. Nice. Well, I, I want to get into a couple different aspects of comedy. I want to get into more some of the community base around it, and then I also want to get a little bit into like your joke writing process and things like that, and your what it's like on stage right. for you and stuff. But let's let's talk a little bit about the community at first, because uh, like going off of what I know about you know performing as far as playing in bands, like I play in a couple of bands, mm-hmm. have been for a while, and uh, and we. There's, you know, there's always been that local scene, you know, like mm-hmm. the West Michigan bands, maybe based on genre or whatever. Right. But ultimately, everybody's in it for the same purpose and goal. So you get right. to know everybody, and which I assume is pretty similar in the comedy world around here. Grand Rapids, maybe tie in. I know there's some shows in like Holland and Muskegon mm-hmm. that yeah. happen too. Tell me where you've sort of found your place within the local comedy community and what, what are some of the things that are beneficial to having like a comedy community with like locally that you found? Right. Yeah. Uh, I finally grew into the comedy scene like pretty fast. You know, mm-hmm. people like really liked me from the jump, you know, like, oh, you're funny. And so started adding people and then I just started going out more and, you know, building, forming friendships and kept mm-hmm. doing shows. And so mm-hmm. became close with a lot of people. So, you mm-hmm. know, um, and so uh, it is important because, you know, you need, like, it takes a village. No matter, like, I hate when people say, I don't need nobody. I'm, I can do this by myself. And it's like, <laughs> we all need somebody, you know. Like, yeah. you stop, you know. You, you, we all need people to be successful mm-hmm. or to be, you know, whatever. We need people. And so the comedy community is, is good because you can meet a lot of really great people who, like, outside of comedy, you know, like, you 
form friendships and relationships. Like, mm-hmm. there's people I consider my brother and my sister, you know, because yeah, we right. bonded and formed these close relationships. And I could confide in them and they could confide in me. And, you know, it's always, you know, it's a good it's a good feeling. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I found my way in there pretty quickly and I formed some pretty good relationships and I got some pretty... It's a pretty good thing, you know. Yeah. And it's very welcoming, you know. Even new comics, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. like just be yourself when you come around. You know, there's some new comics that try to fit in. They be like, oh yeah, uh, yeah. and they rub you the wrong way. And it's like, eh, okay, it's like, <laughs> yeah. it's a little weird. Do, so, do those people tend to figure out that maybe, like when they when if they try to join like the comedy scene or something, and they kind of maybe overstep a little bit initially, like trying to fit in or trying to like. Sort of show that they belong. Do they kind of figure that out over time? Like, oh, hey, maybe I got to do something a little different. Yeah, because there's some comments that would like point you out, like, dude, chill out, you're doing too much. Like, <laughs> like there's some comments that are very blunt. Me, like, I don't like to hurt people, but I just like, eh, you know, just like, just be yourself, you know, because people mm-hmm. message me all the time, like, how do I do this? And I just like, just be yourself, you know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, they, there's some people that like, there's like really booty honest, like, dude, you're weird, you're, you know, just like really mean. And I don't like to be mean, but right. some, most of the time, some people figure it out and it's it's like you you find you find where you fit in at like you know there's different mm, yeah scenes and stuff like that yeah. like we're all one big scene but there's like different cliques and stuff like that, yeah, that makes we all sense. got yeah, the same yeah. you know it's like hey you know we don't fit in with them because they smoke weed or something after shows and mm. we like like there's comics that like that are like really educated like go to school mm. and stuff like that so they tend to hang out with each other because they have something in common outside of comedy yeah and so there's like the church people or stuff like that so it's like Mm -hmm. you know you see all these people but you can always have like these individual groups as well so you know basically just get in where you fit in so right right that's interesting i I like the idea because we talk about clicks within like the music scene and whether or not they're a good or a bad Mm -hmm. thing i i personally don't see an issue with having you know like little clicks you know as long as there's no like drama like right. yeah yeah or like the yeah. college kids versus the non-college kids. <laughs> right, right. or like or like say yeah like the people that smoke weed were just like oh we only want to hang out with comics who also smoke right. weed you know i don't really think there's necessarily a place for that but if you can find that that common ground or whatever and yeah form those relationships yeah. i mean that's a beautiful thing too do you like like i guess tell me if if there's any like weirdness to that clickiness do you see it like are there any comedians out there that are very like or somewhat like gatekeepy i guess do you ever find that because occasionally you see that in the music scene oh yeah you see it and like when i see it i try to just ignore it like my Mm. idea is like i get along with everybody you know you know at least i hope i do but (laughs) we talking shit behind my back but uh, (laughs) like for the most part i try to like get along with everybody you know i'm a people because like i see something in everyone like you know mm. people be like well why do you hang so close with this person it's like because this is a good dude if you ever take the time to talk to him he's a good mm. person you know besides right. what he says on you know it may not be that funny but mm-hmm. he's a good person so but it is the ones that like get like big-headed or think like they're mm. above people and stuff like that and right. it's, it's not the way to be mm-hmm. you know you got to be humble Right. be a good person so but and then it could be problematic because then it'll like make like like those people will represent whatever clique or whoever they are hanging with because if you are you know associated with one douchebag then everyone's gonna think you're uh, a douchebag right and sure. so i just tend to do my own thing like i have my close friends and stuff like that mm-hmm. but 
you know, other than that, when I'm out, I'm speaking to everybody. Hey, how you doing? Mm-hmm. All right, how you doing? You know, just yeah. as I know, like, hey, I'm neutral. I don't care about right. what's going on. Right, I just right. want to make people laugh and go home. So yeah, 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 yeah. Right on. Do you think like like who are some of your influences when you f- were thinking about being a comedian or getting into comedy or did you even really like think about comedy like that when you first? like got on stage like did you have influences or were you into comedy enough to be influenced by people no like i like i love comedy like, i used to watch comedy like all the time like mm. all the like the specials that would come out like oh, yeah i would just sit there and watch like i love comedy like i would just laugh mm. i love to laugh and i just never thought like oh i'm gonna be like them one day you know i never right. like did i always wanted to be a police officer because my grandma was a police officer so i was like, okay. i want to be a police officer but you know just kind of fell into this so but mm. Now that I'm on stage, like some influences are like uh, Bernie Mac. I really like Bernie okay. Mac really a lot, and yeah. so like he's like maybe one of my biggest influences. Him and Richard Pryor. Oh, okay. So were you when you first started to perform? I and the thing I hear a lot on comedy, like a comedy podcast, is that people are, you know, kind of doing somebody else first mm-hmm. when they get on stage before they sort of find their own voice. Is that does that sort of relate to you? Maybe like the first few times you're on stage, you're you're kind of maybe maybe doing a little bit of Bernie Mac or like your voice is kind of filtered through like your version of like Bernie Mac's comedy or Richard Pryor's comedy. Like did it take you kind of a second to figure uh, out how you spoke on stage or what you were comfortable with on stage? I yeah, guess? I, I I never like emulated like I never like like you know, I never <laughs> went on stage doing that because like I know that's a no-no. You know what I'm saying? Like, sure. and I know people watch a lot of comedy specials. So if you see that, they be like, because I see some people do jokes. So I'm like, eh, I heard that. Yeah. So, but like, no, it's like, uh, it takes a while to get comfortable on stage. So mm-hmm. when I was on stage, you know, starting off, I didn't know who I was or what I was doing. I was just doing weird stuff, just standing still <laughs> with the microphone, telling the jokes and, mm-hmm. you know, but the more you do it, you, you find, you get, you get comfortable. You just find who you are. Like sometimes I'll sit down on stage Sometimes I'll just stand there with my hand in my pocket. Like, you know, you just find your own or hold the microphone stand. You know, you just find whatever fits for you. You got to find your comfort zone while you're on stage. Mm -hmm. But there are some people who, like, try to come off and do, like, other comments, like, intentionally. And it's Mm -hmm. just like, stop, dude. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Do you think that's because they haven't found their voice yet? Or do you think it's from a, I've seen this be successful, so maybe if I try to do this... I, I think like it maybe. is yeah I think it is like I've seen mm-hmm. this work and it's usually like guys who are not like really like, how do I put this in a nice term because I don't want to be like <laughs> like 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 who are not like really popular or something like that and so mm-hmm. they'll tend to like pick on this persona and it's just like dude no you're emulating Norm McDonald or something you know mm-hmm. it's like it's like you know don't do that be yourself like we know what you're trying to do so right. mm-hmm. yeah you get those every once in a while yeah do you find that maybe there was a moment somewhere like over the course of the first say the first year that you were doing stand up where it clicked like you told a joke that maybe was like a story you had or just something about you like in your personality and people responded to it and you're like oh maybe it's I need to draw from like real life experience or from like, you know, my own life and share that with people, like find my story and share that. Is that something that when it, when did that sort of click with you to just like be yourself uh, on stage? Yeah. Cause uh, when I first started doing like pay shows, there were a lot of mm. them were like clean shows. Mm. And so it was like church shows. So I was just like doing jobs based on what I know growing up in like a Baptist church and sure. stuff like that. But 
you know, I started doing more like raunchy shows. And it's mm-hmm. like, you know, when you depending on the audience, you have to find your audience. Yeah. But any audience, like you can make like I could tell the same joke to any type of audience and it can still be funny, no matter, mm-hmm. you know, what it is. Right. And so um, the more I started talking about myself, you know, that's when I realized, oh, like, okay, they think this is funny. Like, you know, because I think about it in my head and I'm just like, maybe they won't like this. Maybe they'll be like, eh, too much. But mm-hmm. it's that honesty that comes from being a comic. And it's like, I'm like, hey, this is who I am. You know, right. it's right. funny right. as hell, you know. <laughs> yeah. And so yeah, I just kind of rolled with that. Just mm-hmm. keep going with that. Nice. Do you find it easier to perform in a clean show versus a dirty show like what what's what's easier for you to do or are you i'm sure at this point you're capable of doing either really mm-hmm. but like which which do you find a little bit easier or possibly even more fun to do um uh, i like doing dirty show but clean shows can be fun and stuff because basically you could just do a clean show with the same jokes and you just take out the curse words sure right you know if you could work it in that mm-hmm. but uh clean shows are a lot more fun because like sometimes i test it like to see how far they will go <laughs> uh, <laughs> like sure, i don't say yeah. a clean joke but it's like has a dirty intent to it right. and to see how like oh okay you guys are not so clean you know because yeah. you know you, you know everyone has that little you know yeah. and then sometimes you slip out and oh <gasps> but it's just like you know we're human so, right right so yeah but clean shows are a lot more fun yeah. mm-hmm. i do i like the idea of that there's a show that i really liked watching um that was on hbo called crashing Mm-hmm. and uh, it was like a Pete Holmes thing and I remember him they had to do a show I believe it was in like a sanctuary oh, wow. of a church somewhere <laughs> and he just like basically sort of how you describe it he basically just drew from his church upbringing mm-hmm. and just started telling jokes and like getting like a little bit more aggressive as the show went on <laughs> or whatever and you see these people who maybe you know on a biased take you'd be like oh, these probably, they don't want to yeah. laugh at something, you know, they're like a uppity person that doesn't want to laugh at, you know, a, a, like slightly push, yeah. pushing the edge <laughs> joke, you know? And you can kind of, I think that's like, that's kind of the beautiful thing about comedy and performing is you can pull those things out of people. Mm-hmm. Do, you fi- do you find like that ability to sort of pull that reaction or like get people to show their true sides through laughter? Maybe, oh, yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a good thing because sometimes... Yeah. Uh, what show was I at? I was doing a show in Muskegon. It was on a, a boat. And, um, nice. It was these two ladies, two old ladies, just sitting right in the front row. And I'm like, everyone's laughing, but these bitches are not. <laughs> <laughs> They're not having it. So I'm just like, mm. okay. So I go into my, uh, when I talk about my grandma being older, because they were older women. I started being, talking about older women and stuff like that. And I can't remember which joke, but it was one joke that like that got them. And I, I caught it. I was like, hell yeah, finally got you. Like, it felt good. Yeah. Because, like, there was no way you're going to sit here through my entire set mm. <laughs> all frowned up and stuff. So yeah. when you when you can see that, because there's some people that come to the shows and they're just like, eh. and it's like, why are you here? You know? Right, right. right. <laughs> but when you get them, it's like, okay, see, you are a good person. So mm. Nice. Yeah, do you have that? I, another thing, I feel like I'm not trying to just quote different people from uh. comedy podcasts that I've heard <laughs> and steal their questions to ask you. I have other questions besides things I've heard on comedy right. podcasts, I swear. But do you do you think that you see those people a little more easily than the crowd, the rest of the crowd that might be laughing? You're able to sort of pick out that, kind of stand those out one more. or two people yeah. that aren't laughing? Yeah, because they tend to stand out. Because usually they sit in the front row for some reason. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like I was doing a show at Billy's Lounge and there was a guy, he had his arms folded. I was like, unfold your fucking arms when I'm on stage. Like, you know, <laughs> who do you think you are? Yeah. And he unfolded his arms. It's like, you, nice. they tend to stick out sometimes. You know, some people mm-hmm. like tend to ignore them, but 
I, I messed with them because it's like you're at a comedy show. You're going to laugh. You're you're here to laugh. So right. Right. damn it, laugh. I'm going to keep messing with you. You laugh. You know. So mm-hmm. it, it, when they do, it's a good. And then usually after the show, they come up to me. It's like, hey, I really needed that. Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like my, my most favorite one was um, I was performing at Mulligans, and there was a guy in there, like thug guy, like teardrop tattoos, tattoos, mm-hmm. and like just a. Like, you wouldn't approach this guy on the street. So right. he's back there. And so I do a joke. I was like, oh, what's up, man? I was like, I like that gold chain. Did you steal it? It's like, man, you like you just got out of prison and stuff like that. So <laughs> everyone's <laughs> laughing and stuff like that. And I can't really see because it's kind of dark, so I'm not sure if he's laughing or something. Uh-huh. And so on my side, you know, hanging with other comics. And he comes up to me. He's like, hey, let me talk to you for a minute. I'm like, oh, shit, this guy's about to kill me. Nah. So... <laughs> He was like, hey, he was like, when you were off stage, uh, he was like, you know, you touched a spot in me, like right in here, you know, it's like, made me a little happy. It was good, uh, good feeling to laugh. So he was like, I want to say thank you. And mm. I appreciate that. And I was like, oh, okay, thugs, you know, about to cry and stuff like that. <laughs> Hell yeah. And I was like, well, he went and robbed two gas stations in my honor. So <laughs> <laughs> have you ever uh, found um, a time where you've done that, like pointed out someone in the crowd and kind of like tried to play with them a little bit and they didn't like it at all and they maybe approached you in the moment or after the show and said that that wasn't nice or they didn't appreciate it or anything like uh, that? I never had that. No? Because, you know, no, I never had that. Because um, usually most of the time I like... When people, I'm like, all right, I know when to lay off with somebody. Right. But sometimes, mm-hmm. like, when you can get them, you can get them and stuff <laughs> like that, you know? But... Uh, like, I think I'm aware of, like, when people are like, hey, I don't want to be messed with. Mm. Some people don't want to be messed with, and I still mess with them. But they still, <laughs> like, you know, after a show, they're like, hey, you're a good job. And then usually when I'm off stage, if I mess with somebody in the crowd, I go up to them like, hey, thank you for being a good sport. And stuff. Mm. Yeah. you know, you yeah. don't never know how people are in the mo- in that moment. You know? Right. Like, they right. could be laughing, and after the show, gah, gah, gah. You know, like, yeah. <laughs> sure. I mean, in, in your defense, you know, you think that they came here to laugh. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. like, what it, what what do you expect like, yeah. when you go to a comedy, comedy show? show yeah. Like, either, you know, you're going to get picked on or someone else is going to get picked on. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's part of it's, the gig. It's a show, yeah. So, mm-hmm. yep. Now, let's, let's talk about the crowd a little bit when you're performing. Do you have, like, what sense of control amongst the room are you trying to strive for? when you're performing because you want the room to be loose but I also imagine you want the attention of the room too is there like do you ever find maybe initially when you started was there a struggle to sort of gain control oh oh yeah yeah Yeah. when I first started you know especially during open mics uh, there are like bars Uh and you know when they're there there's sports on so they're not paying attention so when you first start you're like man fuck you guys stuff like I'm cussing a lot does that bother you guys Uh, no okay (laughs) you're not cussing enough okay <laughs> so yeah, you know, you first start, man, man, fuck y'all and stuff like that. You get in that, but then it's just like you have to realize the more you do it, and the better you become, you can like you know feed off the crowd. Mm-hmm. And now it shocks me because when I get on stage, like the crowd will be rowdy for like the first two, three comics, or whatever. But like when I'm on there, it's like dead silence all eyes on me and this is like holy shit like (laughs) like oh these fuckers want to laugh like you know so Mm -hmm. it's a good feeling and you know like I like it like I want all the attention like you know Mm -hmm. you came to see me damn it I'm gonna give you a show so pay attention and if there's some people who are talking you know 
you call them out and stuff like that or mm-hmm. like one time a girl's cell phone went off after I said like hey you know after the host said silence your cell phone so I go on stage and her phone's ringing and I was like go ahead check your phone it's probably your kids calling <laughs> mm-hmm. nice. so. yeah that well that leads me to my next question is how do you how do you handle like a heckler like where do you I mean I know that's a pretty basic comedy question probably but like where like when someone does say something to you like like maybe you say maybe you tell a joke and you get like a ooh you know yeah. like somebody that's a little like sensitive or maybe they say something to you they yell they've been drinking or something right. and they yell oh, yeah. what do you what what do you try to do to sort of de-escalate the situation um uh, or even if it needs to be de-escalated, I oh, guess. Oh, so I'm like, uh, it depends. But sometimes I fuck with them. Like, if you mm. come into my show and you, like, now it's all about you. It's you and me now, motherfucker. <laughs> like, you know, you yeah. interrupting me, it's you and me now, motherfucker. Like, there was one guy, he came in, um, he's in the front row, and he would not stop talking. And I was like, okay, do I have to, like, you know, I started just fucking with him. Like, okay, do I have to, like, put this pussy on your face to get you to shut up? Like, you know, I'm just fucking with him. Yeah. Just, just saying shit, just getting him. And he's mm. coming back and he's talking and stuff like that. So those be, like, the best uh, inter- interactions I have. Mm. Like, those be, like, the best shows. Like, um, I headlined for the first time at Ambrosia, like, uh, like, a few weeks ago. And this drunk lady comes in. Like, I'm already on stage, like, 15 minutes in. And so it's like 20 minutes left of the show, 2025. And she comes in, she's drunk as shit. Like, hey, I was on the mountain with Jesus. I was like, what? (laughs) (laughs) And she's just talking crazy. And so I'm just fucking with her. And it was like the best time. Uh, Like, I was so mad I didn't record that set. That was like the best. So sometimes, Mm. you know, a lot of comics don't like it. And they're like, shut the fuck up and stuff like that. But I'm just like, Mm. well, they paid to be here. If they want to. You know, I'm gonna give him a show. You know, right. right. So, but if it becomes too much, I'm like, hey, 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 shut the fuck up. All right, you know. Yeah. But most of the time, I just fuck with him. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, because that's I. I get curious. I I forget who I was seeing, but I remember. That, well, I did see uh, Todd Berry. Mm-hmm. He did like a crowd work tour. And he came through Grand Rapids. He did the pyramid scheme. Oh, nice! And he basically just, you know, spent five minutes with everybody in the crowd, just like picking apart what they were wearing, or asked them a question or two about their job or something. And uh, he kind of like he, that was basically his whole structure for the show. Mm-hmm. He didn't have any planned material. It was just like a crowd work right. thing. Do you ever have like the this? Idea that you're gonna go in with material, and then you see the crowd, and you just are kind of like. Oh no! All my materials out the window. I, this crowd, I'm just gonna spend the, you know, however long my set is, just looking around the crowd and trying to crowd work. Is that ever something that you try to do? Yeah. Uh. So like, if it's a place that I've never performed before, like a different mm-hmm. city, and I've never performed before, I'm gonna start off with like my jokes that I know are funny and get them. And then so mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. you know, they're laughing. Then I start seeing the crowd, and then that's when I'll start doing the crowd work and stuff like yeah. that. Um. Uh, Sometimes, you know, crowd work can happen off bat. You know, like, oh, mm. I see a guy with, like, a funny shirt. I'm like, why would you wear that? Or something like that, you know. <laughs> just mess with that and then feed off that and stuff like that. So, mm. yeah. Um, usually when I'm doing, like, a new city or something, I come in. I, I plan to start off with stuff that I know is funny just to get them hooked mm. and then feed into that crowd work. Right on. When you're performing in new cities, I mean, what are the shows like? Are you, is it? You know, you get local comedians and then you're sort of a headline or are you like trying to feature on things or are you, you know, what when you're performing in other cities, like what are you, what um, are so, the shows like? Yeah, sometimes I'm like an opener, like, mm-hmm. give me like 10, 15 minutes open mm-hmm. and then uh, sometimes I'm a feature. So mm-hmm. uh, 
you get like 15 20 minutes as a feature or whatever mm-hmm. whatever so sure. yeah i like to like start off with but if it's like like if i if it's a small crowd you know out of town then mm-hmm. i'm just going straight for crowd work mm-hmm. because it's intimate and i just want to you know engage in that yeah. i may do like one joke to like start them off with like hey ha 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 but then just it's like well what are you guys doing what are you guys doing you know mm-hmm. so What's the most important thing for like a feature, like someone who may be looking to be, get to that point in their comedy career where they're like featuring for a touring act or like somebody coming through town? Like, what what do you think the most important like functions for a feature comedian are? Um, what funny thing is to like be funny and have at least uh, twenty five minutes. Mm-hmm. I say it, to be a feature at least 25 minutes mm-hmm. because headliner is just like 30 to 45. So, sure. you know, if you can tie that in, you see you're almost close to headlining. But um, well, main things for me is to be is to be funny, be able to hold a crowd mm-hmm. for 15. Because it's not, you know, and that time goes by fast right. when you're on stage, but it's not easy. It's hard mm-hmm. to sit there and try to keep yeah. people laughing, especially, especially when they did come to see you. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and then as long, also as a feature, you don't want to be like, well, I hate to say this, but sometimes like the headliner, they're kind of dicks or whatever. And so <laughs> yeah. they are. Some headliners mm-hmm. are like really dicks mm-hmm. and they don't like if you're too funny or, you know, just don't step on the headliner. But mm-hmm. for me, like I heard that rule, like don't be funnier than the headliner. And I heard that before, but I was like, fuck that. I'm funny. They're That's not here to see me. Right. They're kind of silly. Them. Yeah. You know? Like it's not your fault that you're better than them. Yeah. You know, you know yeah. you're just there to do your act. Yeah, and your do- act is your act. Yeah, and you some know. people get, like, some headliners don't want features like that because that feature is stronger than them or something like right, that. Right. Or they'll t- steal the whole crowd and then the headliner come up and they're like, oh, we paid to see them. I'd rather pay to see her, you know? Mm. Which I've had happen for, you know, yeah. but it yeah. is what it is. Yeah, right. You still got paid more money than me, so what do you care? Right. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's interesting. It makes me think of a time, we uh, band that I was in, way back was probably five or six years ago maybe we performed at the pyramid scheme we opened for like a touring package that came through and uh the band that played right after us when they when we were taking our gear off stage and they were loading on they said something like along the lines of like oh for a local you guys were pretty good oh and i was like oh that's that's cool (laughs) like i mean thank you for that and then like now that i think about it later on or like as i started to sort of think about it i'm like a little bit of like a low blow yeah. to one like the local community right. where like we play with some bands that i think are better than us mm-hmm. and then like i'll take the compliment because i'm sure they see some garbage local, bands yeah. come through yeah. on tour but it just like it, it after i thought about it it hit me the wrong way i guess because yeah i'm thinking like oh man maybe we're better than this band maybe that's okay like maybe we're if we are, that's not necessarily the worst thing in the world. It kind of just maybe puts it in perspective for those road bands right. that might start to think like, oh, we're on the road doing this. We must be better than everybody. Right. We come to this local town. We're going to be better than whoever mm. performs before us. But like how you're saying, I would think if you were funnier than the headline comedian, yeah, that's kind of on the headline. Like, yeah. be funnier. Yeah, they're know? here to see you. you yeah. Know, so. Yeah, yeah, I've yeah. I've heard the same thing back when I played too, and I didn't even think about it that way. I was just like, "Oh yeah, the, the bigger bands like us, cool." Right, you right. know, it's like that's awesome. That's a great feeling, you know. And then you're now now I'm just like, 
bitch. Wow, like, it's like, huh. <laughs> now I'm thinking about it. <laughs> so when you, I guess for you, when you do, if you do a headline show, are you kind of on the flip side of that where you have a feature, say one night, you have a feature that comes on and they just blow the crowd away. What are what's going through your head when you're about to perform? Like, oh, I'm feeding off that energy because okay. you know in my mind, iron sharp as iron. Like you know that's mm-hmm. why like when I put together shows like how I do the lineup, I'll like you know it depends on who the lineup is. You know because mm-hmm. some people like when you do a show, some people like to put like their stronger people out first to mm-hmm. get the crowd riled up, but. Sure. I feel like when you do that, you have to have a strong lineup. Mm. So so sometimes I have strong people and then I have people who are just, I put them on the show because they annoyed the hell out of me. <laughs> and they're good people. Not really the funny, but they're good people. So I was like, all right, I'll give you the opportunity. So I work around that because I know, like, you know, if I'm hosting, I know, like, these people are not, you know, going to, like, they may have hit them once, but mm-hmm. I'm the host, so I have to bring back the crowd and then just go back and you know fill in where that is but mm. iron sharpens iron in my opinion so mm. if i got somebody that's killing it, i'm like oh shit you done warmed them up for me now i'm about to go that gets my <laughs> drilling and going like oh yeah. shit, like oh now i gotta like it's like oh shit now i gotta step up the bar like damn this motherfucker just went and killed it before me and stuff like that so yeah. it's a good feeling i like it do you still experience like I mean, you've been, you said three, about three years you've been doing this? Yeah, almost three years, yeah. Do you experience, like, okay, walk me through the difference between a show that just 10 out of 10, 11 out of 10 is an incredible show, you got the crowd laughing, you feel good, your jokes hit in all the right ways that they're supposed to, versus, like, what to you, because I think there's a wide spectrum, I guess, depending on the comedian, I would assume, what you think is a bomb and do you feel it when it's happening on stage? Yeah, I do. Like, um, because even after the show, people will be like, "You did amazing. You did good." But to myself, I'm like, eh, "Nah, nah." Mm, right? Like, yeah. you know, you're just saying that. Like, I know they're genuine because I'm like, "Yeah, we see you all the time. You did good." But to myself, I'm like, "I'm a hardest critic." So, like, sure. even yeah. people are like, "Oh, you were fucking hilarious." I'm just like, even at the dirty show, I don't feel like I did, you know. That good, but I still have people coming up to me like, "Hey, you were fucking amazing" and stuff mm-hmm. like that because I had performed a show earlier and so mm-hmm. it was getting late and so I'm just like, "All right, let's get these drugs out." But <laughs> everyone was like, "Oh, you were good," but you know, it's just a it's just a mindset thing for myself, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I but when I have those shows where it's like, "Oh yeah, I know," you know, like, you were funny, I'm like hell yeah, I was like, hey. yeah. <laughs> so. nice. <clears throat> do you think, like, what do you think of the idea, and this is going to be another I heard this on a comedy <laughs> podcast one, I was just preface it like that. Do you think there's a certain truth to, like, a comedian being, like, maybe a modern-day philosopher, in a sense, where you're sharing the world through, like, your point of view and your experience in your life and how you see the world around you, in a sense where, like, kind of you're telling a story about how to live your life and then people are drawing from that into their own experiences and sort of relating to you in that. Do you do you think that being a comedian, sharing your stories, like, I'm trying to teeter around this right. so I can ask it in the right way that doesn't make me sound like a dick, but uh, <laughs> what I guess what I'm saying is, where do you find what you're saying is important enough to be said, like, on stage? To, like, to give you an example, like, when we put out this podcast, mm-hmm. every once in a while I'm like, 
who the fuck is even going to listen to this? Why do I think that what we're saying is so important right. that I need to share this with the world, you know? Like, where do you think there's, like, a line in comedy where people, like, figure out that they want to share their stories and their life? And where does it seem like it's important enough to be shared? Or does that even really matter to you um, at all? Does it, that make sense? Yeah, it makes yeah. sense. I get what you're saying. It yeah. all goes back to, like, knowing your crowd. Hmm. Like, because there are some comics who, like, talk about current events and, like, you know, and they stick on that or they're like, sure. oh, let's go, Brandon. You know, they do all that, you know, stuff like that. And you just got to know your crowd because some people are just like, oh, we don't want to hear about that. We've watched mm-hmm. it on the fucking news. We don't want to hear you sure. joke about it unless you're right. freaking hilarious, you know. But <laughs> other than that, they're like, we don't want to hear about that and stuff like that. Right. But for me, it's like, it's always my truth what I experienced mm-hmm. as a black bisexual female comic you know it's mm-hmm. what my experience and I feel like it's important to suffer from mental illness you know I make some jokes about you know I got a suicide joke and it's fucking hilarious you know I don't <laughs> say it all the time because you know mm. again it goes back to your crowd and some people in the crowd yeah. are like Ugh, too much <laughs> but you know when you have that crowd and those people they're like okay yeah and it will give you a sense to like I, I feel like sharing my story like my truth, who I am as a person, like it can inspire somebody else in the audience to, you know, yeah. you never know when somebody may be going right. through and they can yeah. relate. Oh yeah, I can relate to that. Right. Versus as, you know, where people are just sitting there talking about, oh yeah, this pandemic, huh? It's like, yeah, dude, we lived it. Like we've been like, what, two, three years? Like, <laughs> yeah, people die. Ooh, funny. But so, you know, it goes back to knowing your audience and how you can deliver it. Sure. You know, so. Yeah, yeah I think that's a, that's a good way to say it. Yeah, because I think for me, even if I have these like small insecurities or whatever, mm-hmm. where I'm like, oh, who even cares? Why do I think what I have to say or, you know, this mm-hmm. is so important. But ultimately, it's like we enjoy doing this. We right. get something out of it. And yeah, if it helps somebody, I mean, even better, you yeah. know. But I, I just get curious as far as like comedians go, because it's a very vulnerable thing to be yeah. doing at the same time. I mean, you're sharing your story and being very vulnerable with total strangers. And like you said, it could inspire somebody to share their story, too. And, and it gives people a good laugh. You know, mm-hmm. if you can laugh at yourself, like that's what I tell people, if you can laugh at yourself, like that, that's that's your thing. You know, mm-hmm. people just because you know, people are going to make fun of you anyway so why not yeah. make fun of yourself and make it funny you know yeah right, right. and come off like hey this is why i am so like you know when i do like an all white crowd i always start off like calm down everybody i'm not missy elliott you know <laughs> <laughs> so you know it's, get them comfortable and stuff like that kind of form it your own way so then you yeah. can kind of control it yeah. a little bit now that's something i'd like to kind of move into as well because it there is there's an uncomfortability I think as an audience sometimes Mm -hmm. with stand-up comedy, especially in a climate of, you know, like how we experience today where people people kind of walk on eggshells when they're they're talking about something. Do you, like, if you get the sense, like you go out, you tell a joke, say you say say the suicide joke Mm -hmm. and it's the one you open with or something and the crowd is just like uncomfortable with that. How do you wiggle your way out of that uncomfortability or try to like pull that recover that laughter in oh uh, usually i'll be like okay well suicide's off the job and then just move okay. on for like you try yeah. to say stuff like, like oh okay damn y'all ain't fucking with suicide okay i'll go call my therapist or something like you know you make it come back but you have to be quick like right. yeah, i yeah. did a joke uh <laughs> from like older older people like older black people they think they're so perfect so i did a joke i was like oh uh yeah i swallow 
and they're just like, oh, and I'm just like, okay. Y'all know y'all used to swallow back in your day. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't sit up here don't and act like, play. yeah, don't even play. Don't act like you ain't been, yeah. <laughs> you know, back in 68 in the back of your cutlass of, you know, like, <laughs> doing that stuff. So, yeah, you go, you got to just, like, recover, like, you know, because you're going to have those moments. So. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Do you, like, like, when you write jokes or when you're putting like your you know where the punchline set up punch whatever together do you think about that do you change the way you might phrase something or like like does that even matter to you like where where do you find that you might censor yourself in, oh. in a sense like do you do you police what you say or do you censor what you say in a in, intentionally or do you just kind of just not even really care only if it's a clean show sure yeah but other than that I don't care like yeah, right. <laughs> this is this is how to sometimes I might like do it to where they may understand it mm. like you know because if I said like like a younger crowd like a more hip crowd like you know versus like mm. an older crowd like oh what are you talking about so like yeah. I may like reword it in a sense like that so they'll understand it but most of the time it's no this is what it is and Mm -hmm. i'm going for it right you know so yeah because there's something about living in that uncomfortability and like figuring it out and just like navigating that i can imagine is just exciting like if you like it goes back to like getting that laugh Mm -hmm. out of that person that wouldn't laugh like maybe making like a pc-esque person laugh about something that they wouldn't have laughed about you know yeah do, do you think like a like I, I hate saying PC because it's like I say I'm saying PC like it's a bad thing right. to be like aware of people's feelings you know right. and aware of what you're saying but do you think this like how some comics might say like everybody's too sensitive now right. do you think that that's there's truth to that or do you think it's people are too lazy to figure out how to be funny to a new style of audience. Um, it could be both, but to me, I just feel like, okay, I may, some people may not agree with this, but, like, in a way, I can understand how people say it's too sensitive, mm-hmm. because it's like, everyone gets talked about, like, mm-hmm. yeah. that's just life, so as a comedian, why can I not talk about it, like, if mm-hmm. I can sit up and talk about myself being a black, bisexual, mental ill woman, other people are going to do it. So why can't I talk about, you know, it, and then it comes a line where it is like you have to be respectful because yeah. there was a comic. I really I got a big altercation because he was like it was a guy who had, you know, a deformity, you know, like scoliosis or whatever. And this guy was just like shitting on him like no neck. You can't wear turtlenecks. And it's just like it's not funny. Like if right. it hadn't been funny, it'd be like, OK, now it's like you're mad at this guy because he says something to you and you're just trying to hurt him because he embarrassed you. Mm. So, like, that little male ego thing. So, Uh people are too sensitive, but you have to know, you have to know, like, when you cross the line and stuff like that, you know? Mm. And it goes back to knowing your audience because I can say, I can go to a room and do uh, a joke and I can drop the R word and they'll Mm. fucking love it. But I know I couldn't go do this at this crowd, you know, whether I think they're too sensitive or not, I know that, hey, it offends them. And right. they didn't pay to come and get offended. They paid right. to laugh. Right, right. So you, you just have to know your boundaries and know your limits. Yeah. Right. I, I think that it, it all kind of comes down on how you're kind of saying it, mm-hmm. too. Like, if I think you can mostly tell if someone's trying to say things to hurt them and mm-hmm. be mean or saying it in a way to be funny and get a laugh out of right. it and kind of joke about it. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's how you deliver it. Yeah. What are some of the comedians around town that you are like a fan of or that you like, I guess, I guess what I'm asking, I guess, is like, could you talk about some of the comedians that you found like that you want to maybe promote? Like that you oh. think people should check out locally? Yeah, yeah, of course. My uh, my brother, Devron Thomas, you know, mm. not my real brother, but, you know, we're mm-hmm. close in the game and stuff like that. Devron mm-hmm. Thomas, uh, 100 Miles, uh, who oh, also has his yeah. own podcast. Yeah, yeah. Is going pod. We, we've been trying to get him on here yeah, for a while. Yeah, he's yeah, a yeah. good guy. And yeah. he um he does his open mic in Holland and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Um, yep, yep. Don Clifford is a really good guy. He's mm-hmm. young, pretty young guy. He won um, Grab His Funniest Person oh, okay. 2018, I believe. Nice. Um, so yeah, he's really funny. It's like all the comedians. I'm fans of everyone. Mm-hmm. Like I just go to all the shows and it's like, yeah, you know, I'm fans. So just just check out all the comedy comedians in the mm-hmm. local scene. So that's that's good to hear that you also like support like the scene that you're in because like where we're our background from music. You know, you hear about bands that they they just go to their own shows. Yeah. They don't participate in other shows outside mm-hmm. of their own. You know, and then they talk about, oh, the scene's dead, the scene's bad, you know, people don't show up or whatever. It's like, dude, you don't even go to shows other than the ones you play at. So that's that's really good to hear, you know, it's just... We got some drama like that in the community, like, some people, Mm -hmm. like, I guess somebody got called out on it, and it was like, well, what does it matter if I was like, you can't complain about people not supporting you if you're not supporting other people. Exactly. And it's just like, it's... It's no big deal to me. I enjoy going out and seeing people and just being amongst the community and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, it's right. cool. Like, sometimes I don't want to perform all the time. Like, mm-hmm. they'll ask me. I'm like, no, nah, I'm just here to chill, check out the oh show, you know. Just, just chill, just support, show your face. And that's mm-hmm. how you get put on other shows and yeah. you network. And, and people yeah. will be like, oh, I hope you were going up and stuff. I was like, well, come check me out this time. So then yeah, you have right. that person come see you at a different show. So Right. Like it's like it, we're better together than we are yeah. working against each yeah, other. Yeah, it's like yeah. We're, there's enough for all of us. We all could be successful. You yeah. don't need to be weird. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever had a time where you like showed up at a at a show and you weren't planning on you know performing and then you they ended up having you perform in some way at all? Is that yeah? That's that mostly all the time. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like this is mostly all the time. Like especially like the open mics when they're like. Hey, look, like sometimes they're like, hey, look, I got a shitty lineup. Can I throw you in here? Or <laughs> if like there's people, if the crowd is just not messing with the show, they'd be like, hey, can you go on here and just like get them, like do like three, five minutes and stuff. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I'm like, okay, all right, I'll, I'll do it or whatever. You know, <laughs> sometimes I'm just like, eh, nah, I'm just out of mood. But yeah, it does. Every time you want time, like, no, I'm just here to watch the show. <laughs> That's great. What have you noticed about, you know, since you be came a comedian you know you first kind of started doing some open mics and things like that to where you are now within the scene like has it grown i mean what are what are the differences in venue like what do you what do you notice about the differences maybe the attitude amongst comedians around the scene over the course of the time even with like this covid pandemic kind of in the middle of it yeah oh uh, the scene has grown tremendously and there are like a lot of spots now like mm-hmm. i think there's a lot of like a mic every night in Michigan, the Grand Rapids, or if you could drive like 30, most you have to drive like 30 minutes if you mm-hmm. want like a good, then you could start hitting up Detroit and stuff like that. But for mainly Grand Rapids, it's like a mic every night. Mm-hmm. And um, then we have the pro shows and stuff like that with the big headliners. Like um, mm-hmm. they had just had Josh Wolf. I just performed with Josh Wolf this weekend. Oh, that was pretty nice. cool. So, hell yeah. Um, 
so that has grown a lot and you know it's you know more opportunities have been created so that's a good thing and people attitude like during the pandemic we lost like a lot of comics like when i started it was like a lot of comics and then when like everything started opening back up it's like you didn't hear from these people no more. They didn't do comedy no more. I'm like, right. God, did they die? Like, did COVID get them? Like, <laughs> right. But a lot of people, they just stopped doing comedy. They were just like, oh, I'm raising family. They're having babies mm. and just doing other venues. And it's like, eh, it kind of sucks to see. But, you know, you understand. Yeah. But a lot of people, you know, some people get arrogant and stuff like that. Like, mm. oh, they think they're better than people. You know, it's, you just can't be that way. <laughs> right, right. Do you do you find? I mean, I guess eh, I don't want to make it too stay too on that or make it like I I, I tend to not want to dive into the negative while right. at the same time also wanting to dive into <laughs> like, the negative. Um, do you think like those people that do kind of get maybe like like move a little bit faster than what their comedy like speaks for? Do you think those people kind of figure it out along the way, or they're maybe humbled and brought back down to reality in um, some ways, or do you think they just kind of? Like, some people, they ride that... So, like, for me, I'm always the type of person... Like, I just believe, like, you just must be humble. Like, because, mm. like, I moved up pretty fast than a lot of people that's been doing it for, like, five, six, seven years. And mm. you have to be... But I'm funny. I'm good. But <laughs> <laughs> there's, like, some people who are, like, not that good. And you know that they got there because of their friends or whatever. And <laughs> so, um, some of them, they get real big-headed and stuff like that they think they but they quickly get humbled because mm. they'll do a show and just eat shit you know right. and it's just like see you're not as good as you thought you are and like you're good but it's just like your attitude like you could be a funny person but if you're like you could be funny as hell like you're the funniest person in Michigan but if you are a difficult person to work with you will not get booked. Right. So, yeah, a lot of people, they get big-headed, but then they get humbled, and it's just like, ha-ha. And I love to see it. Like, you know, I know it's bad to say, but it's just like when someone's like like an asshole and yeah, like a mean to people. Put in their place. Yes, yeah. and they, like, bomb hard, and I'm just like, yes, ha-ha-ha, yes, love it. Like, bitch, I was here to witness this. So. <laughs> Hell yeah. That's great. No, I do love that. Yeah, because there's, as much as people don't really want to admit it, there is, like, a certain excitement out of seeing somebody kind of get yeah. put in their place a little bit because it, it puts it in perspective for you and maybe also mm -hmm. like i would imagine maybe somebody who already is humble might see that and say oh i'm on the right path yeah you know um tell me a little bit like when you work with a headline or like a pro that comes through town or something what level of soaking up information from them are you versus giving them their space and understanding like they're here to perform but also yeah. need their time like because i imagine some it's like oh you opened you featured let's all go mm. hang out and talk comedy and yeah. hang like what where do you find that balance of kind of like being there and not there at the same time um like uh, depends on who the headliner is if it's somebody like i'm like a fan of i'm like holy shit i'm nervous but <laughs> like well, I did, like, the first... So I did a show with Bill Bellamy. I don't know if you guys are familiar mm. with Bill Bellamy, yeah. comic Bill Bellamy. He came yeah. to Park Theater, and so I did a guest spot. And, you know, I'm a huge fan of his. Like, I've loved him since I was a kid. Like, mm. you know, one of my favorites. And it's like, 
he, he's like, we're, uh, you guys ever been to Park Theater in Holland? Yeah. yeah. Okay, so, like, they have, like, the upper section and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. that's usually where, like, the people hang out, whatever. Yeah. And so, everyone left, and it's just, I'm here, and he's there. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, uh, dude, but he's just on his phone, not paying me no mind. I'm just like, do I just ask him some questions, or do I? So, I'm just like, no, nah, just, like, he has another show he's about to do. Just let him do his thing. Don't be a groupie, you know? You can talk to him after the show like that. Right. So, like, I get, um, you know, I do that, you know? So, I, like... Just give them their space, but like with Josh Wolf, I was hosting, so mm. I'm just like, I have to like get this information from you. I'm not trying to be like a groupie, I just want to know, like, hey, what do you want me to say when you come out? Um, oh, yeah, yeah, how much time do you want me to do? Like, because essentially it's their show, and right. I don't want to step on nobody's toes, right. or like, you know, I just want to say, how do you want your show? Because I'm gonna do my thing and bring you out and get the fuck on out the way, right? You right, know, right. so yeah, you know, I just approach it with easy if they're like very welcoming and stuff like that it's like hey all right here i am hey how you doing and mm. uh my favorite one it was jeff die because he was oh, nice. he was really cool he came and um he did park theater i believe that night mm. and then he came to paris oh, so okay. um and so i go up on paris and this fucking asshole so he <laughs> he goes up like closer to the end and uh, i think he was like the last person and he goes up and he goes oh it's crazy i come to an open mic and the funniest person in the room is a fat black lesbian and so i'm coming out the bathroom and i hear it and i'm like is he talking about me <laughs> <laughs> like thank you so it was afterwards uh he came and hugged me and he whispered in my ear he gave me like some really positive things to say he was like no you are incredible and so it's always a good feeling and stuff like that. Mm. So I, I, I watch them. Like, some people, when I watch shows, they're like, why aren't you laughing? Because I'm like, I'm studying this person. Like, I'm trying to right. see how, you know, what do they do? It's different. Like, how do they, you know? Because mm-hmm. uh, well, was Josh Wolf, he popped an edible right on stage. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice. Right on. So, yeah. Was there, I, just out of curiosity, what was that like? I mean, he's the one that took the edible, so I don't know how you would know what that was like for him. But, uh, like, was it, obvious in like from a crowd perspective where you're like watching the show because you know what it's like to be on stage so right do you see the the difference between maybe when it kicked in where you're like oh okay yeah he's he might be feeling it he's like in a rhythm that's different or out of a rhythm yeah because you know? uh, like he he's like oh everybody i'm about to take this it's like a 100 milligram like a little pill and he just pop. I'm like, oh, shit. Because he did, like, an hour and a half that night. Oh, I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, it was almost midnight before, like, we were leaving. Like, it was close to midnight. He almost ended. Mm-hmm. Um, But, yeah, you could definitely see because um, usually they're, like, you could tell when, like, for me at least, I can tell when people are, like, drunk or, like, they're under the influence because if it's somebody's funny, it's like, oh, they're on the roll. It's right. like, this motherfucker is drunk. He's just talking <laughs> gibberish and just doing whatever. Mm-hmm. But sometimes it slows people down. They're like, oh, yeah, I'm high. Yeah. Like, they're like they're relaxed. And it's like, yeah, okay, you're, you're losing your momentum. So, right, but right. For him, you could definitely tell when it kicked in because he was just like, he was telling, like, most of his time was taken up by two stories he told. All he told was, like, two stories. Oh, interesting. And he didn't even do none of the material that he had been doing from the other shows mm. and so he was just telling stories they were fucking hilarious stories and he's like acting them out and like me I'm here picturing like the story he's telling I'm like this is so funny shit like right. so yeah you could you can tell like for, for me at least you can tell mm-hmm. so. do you like I guess what it what do you prefer in a style of comedy because something I've noticed and this is, I'm sure has been done long before you know the last five years or so but <laughs> kind of starting to see comedians do their, put out their specials and they have 
you know, some people have out like hour, hour fifteen, where they they tell maybe five stories, mm-hmm. like over the course of it with different okay. branch off of things. But then some I've seen they do, you know, they'll put out this hour, hour and a half special. That's the whole story, just one, one story, story the yeah. whole way through. Do you which which one of those styles do you think do you like more, and do you see? Maybe see why that tends to some be somewhat of a trend now. Yeah. Uh. For me, if if you would take one story and like make it fucking hilarious, mm-hmm. then okay, yeah, I'm done. But to like stretch it out over like, and I'm trying to think if anyone has done that, like stretched out like a whole story in the course of a. Uh, I'm pretty sure they have. I just mm-hmm. can't think of off the top of my head. But like, if they're like killing it and making it funny and like having those punchlines. In between, like, basically, that's what Josh Wolf was doing. Like, his first story had to be about 30 minutes long. Oh, okay. <laughs> but, yeah, it, it was long because, like, he kept getting sidetracked as well. But right. mm. And he kept, like, throwing in little bits and pieces. But, like, in that 30 minutes, I'm pretty sure, like, that whole story took place in less than 15. Mm. And so, to be able to stretch out because he, like, he set up the story. So, you have to set up the story. Yep. Give a backstory and then set it up. Set up the character, set up what's going on, set up what happened, and then you could like make up some shit in between. So mm-hmm. if you could like follow the story to keep people engaged and stuff like that, it could be it could be really good. I, I tend to enjoy that because it's like you got me hooked. Like I'm like, what happened next? Like yeah, right. I, I remember who was it? It was I think it was Hunter. He was doing a story about how uh and I wanna put his business out there, but shit, he said it. Um <laughs> <laughs> he um it was so, I can't remember, but it was something about him and a buddy. He took his buddy's car while he was on Xanax, and he was just doing, like, a lot of traveling and stuff like that. And he's telling a story, and I'm, like, engaged in the story. But as he's telling the story, I'm thinking to myself, like, did this motherfucker run out of gas or something? And, like, <laughs> like I'm thinking of the stuff. And so, and then he finally mentions, like, hey, my mom gave me money to fill up my gas car. And I'm like, okay, all right, now you got to it. So, mm-hmm. if you can do it and make it funny, yeah, I, I like that. And it, it could play well because people can, like... Cause I like I visualize when I see stories, and yeah, that's what yeah. a lot of people do: paint that picture and stuff like that. Mm. So yeah, it could be it could go really well. Yeah. Yeah, I like the the one skit that Josh Wolf did about um, the bachelor party. Have you seen mm, that one? No. Oh man, that one's great. <laughs> I'll have to show it to you after this, but it's yeah, great. Please do. That's the, I think that's the first time I ever seen him, and I'm just like just so focused in. He's just like. I like weird shit. <laughs> I'm about the weird shit. And it was just like, all right, you got me hooked now. Yeah, I'm yeah. I'm watching See, yeah, this. That's how he was, yeah, I was like, okay, I'm listening now. Yeah. Like, he was like, okay. Because he, he's saying stuff. He's like, he bought a, was a tall Puerto Rican woman, like a hooker. And he was like, you know, what's the first thing I checked? And everyone's quiet. And I'm like, you checked the throat. Like, <laughs> the picture is not a man. He's like, yep. <laughs> so, yeah, it was, it's good. I like storytelling. If you're good at it. Yeah, yeah right. Now, I think... Well, Trev actually brought this up on the last podcast that we did. We mm-hmm. did a one with him last week. But I also saw on the internet that you had filmed a special yeah. recently out at the Park Theater. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about what went into putting that together. And then tell me about like how the show went and what that was like to be filming and kind of have have like a night that was like... You know, you might have played a show or had a headline somewhere, but this is a, an important right. show that's all about you. Tell me what kind of was going through your mind that night. All right, buckle up, boys. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, um, so it started off with, um, so I've been doing comedy and stuff like that, and it started off with, um, 
Are you guys familiar with Donzel being a full house comedy? Uh, so, more so Full House. Well, okay, yeah, so no, yeah, yeah, Don Zellman is the guy behind Full House Comedy. And mm-hmm. um, so he uh, saw me at a couple shows that I did for him. I think the first one was Bill Bellamy, and then mm-hmm. I featured for uh, Jonathan Martin. I did a little run with, feature run with Jonathan Martin. And um, I just kept doing, like, guest spots. And so he was just like, oh, my God, I love your comedy. Like, he's like, you got that gift and stuff like that. Like, he was really intrigued. And so... He was like, I'm going to start a management company. And so I'm like, oh, okay, whatever. Just thinking people talking, whatever. Like, you know. So um, I did, I can't remember what show I did. I did a show. And then after I had did that show, that's when um, he had his, like, his right-hand man message me. It was like, hey, Don wants to sign you, um, be your, as your manager and stuff like that. Are you interested? And I was like, hell yeah, I'm interested. Let's, uh, (laughs) let's, uh. You know, meet up and stuff. And he had told me about the feature, uh, doing a special. Mm-hmm. He had mentioned it beforehand. I just didn't know when. So when I met with them, he's like, "Yeah, this is my game plan and stuff. This is what I want to do." And he's like, "Oh, by the way, you and Ricardo are filming a special April twenty eighth." And I'm like, "Oh!" So he just dropped it on me. Like I had no in the <laughs> planning, none. Like what dates would work for me? It was just like April twenty eighth, and I was like, "Cool," because that's the day before my birthday. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah, awesome! So that's like back in. February, I want to say. So mm. I'm putting it out there. I'm, you know, promoting it. Like, hey, tickets are only five dollars. So I'm promoting and promoting. I'm nervous. I'm getting excited. So as the days keep coming, the days keep coming. I'm getting more nervous. Getting more nervous. So it was like that week of. It was so crazy. So first, I had a cold. Like I'm congested. I, my throat is hoarse. I can't talk. And I'm like. Oh shit! I have this special in like two days. I need to get better. So my mom's like, "Drink a hot toddy." So I'm drinking hot tea with fucking whiskey, trying to. <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking Sudafed to try to clear my nostril. I'm taking steam baths. I'm trying everything. Mm-hmm. So, uh, the night before the special, uh, I could not sleep. I'm just tossing the turn. I'm so nervous. I could not sleep. I even went on Facebook. I was like, "Holy shit! I'm so nervous." And everyone was like, "You're gonna do good. You're gonna do good." So. The day of the special, everyone's sending me all these messages. Like, good luck, good luck. My, I had literally had to put my phone on Do Not Disturb. <laughs> and so, just getting nervous, but I'm prepping. I'm preparing. I'm getting nervous. I'm preparing. And I'm just like, okay, I don't want to get too drunk, and I don't want to get too high. So, I want to find a medium. Yeah. So, the day of the special, I'm there. I'm at Park Theater. I'm just looking around, and then the people start coming in. And this is like, okay, all right, this is it. Like, this is about to happen. And so Ricardo goes first. And I'm like, okay, I got some time to relax, get my nerves together. So he gets done. He gets off stage. And it's like, oh, shit. So the host goes up. And she introduces me. And it's like, everyone's in an uproar. Like, like everyone's standing on their feet. They're cheering me on and shit like that. And it's just like, I'm trying to hold my tears back because I don't want them to see me crying on stage. So, <laughs> But it was just an amazing feeling. Like, hmm. and then just get on stage and see all those people in there because that's a pretty big place and there was right. quite a few yeah. people in there so just to see all those people and just to see like there was one lady in the front row she was like laughing so hard she was holding her chest and I'm like <laughs> are you okay please don't die on me like <laughs> so it, it was it was amazing it was a good feeling mm-hmm. I, I loved it I wouldn't trade like trade it for the world because sometimes it's still the hard to believe like I actually did this you right, know right. so yeah it's yeah. a very humbling experience when, when you're putting that together what like well, first I guess the question should be well, how much, how long was the? Oh, uh, we of both material? did forty five minutes. Oh, okay. Yeah. And so when you're when you're kind of putting it together, this is all stuff I'm sure you're comfortable with. I've told plenty of times. Mm-hmm. It, is there 
like how methodic are you to putting together your set list and how much of it is was just like right place right time comedy that just happened to be filmed in that night too um yeah because i do a lot of mostly crowd work so mm. uh i started off i got the crowd uh going and stuff like that and then my mom was in the crowd she was being loud and stuff so i'm just like <laughs> shitting on my mom like mom shut the fuck up like you know you know this is my time you know you had your time and uh there was this one couple in the front row so i'm doing the crowd work with them and they're like yeah we've been dating for like three years i'm like oh okay three years why aren't you married and he goes well she has a husband and i'm just like oh i'm thinking he's joking but no she has a husband come to find out they're in a polyamorous relationship so I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> this is interesting. Like, you know, so now I'm just fucking with them. Like, you know, mm-hmm. I'm asking her, like, who's dick bigger, your husband or his? Like, <laughs> no, I'm just really just going into there. So, mm-hmm. like, that was one of those things where it's just like, you could make that up. Like, right. you had to be there to, like, right. like, I was like, what the fuck? Like, what, was there a part of you in that moment that's like, oh, Thank you. That's yeah. just amazing. I'm so glad that. <laughs> yeah, this I actually grabbed the stool. I was like, hold on, I gotta sit down for this because <laughs> <laughs> this is crazy. Like, I'm like, you're so open about it. So I'm just like, okay, mm. I wanna get into it. And there was another kid. He was a kid in there, him and his girlfriend. I was just ragging on him. He was like, oh, yeah, I work at this burger place and it's kind of racist. And I'm like, hmm, well, if the place is racist and you work there, does that make you a racist? <laughs> He's like, well, white people don't know if they're racist. And I'm like, what? How do you. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm just fucking. He was a good kid. Like he was awesome. Shout out! To, I forget his fucking name, but shout him out, Holly, Michigan. He works at a racist diner, but uh, <laughs> it, it was cool. It was just one of those things. Where it was like you know, like like God, like was this like like you couldn't make this up. Like right. if you watch mm-hmm. it, when you watch it, when you watch it, because you fuckers gonna watch it. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's gonna be one of these. Like you feel like this had to be set up, and it's right. like. You know, no, mm. you just get some crazy ones. Yeah. You do crowd work, yeah. Hell yeah. What's the What's the goal with the special? Like, what would you like to, or um, what are your plans with it? Um, if you can say, I don't so know. yeah, yeah. So uh, the thing is to shopping around to like some agencies, you know, mm. see if we can, you know, get some bites off of that, whatever. And then um, just have like a big launching party for it. So we're like gonna do like clips and work them into a commercial, and then mm-hmm. working on getting a website and getting some merch so that. When you know when we launch this thing, mm. we're just gonna launch everything. Yeah, so right. it's gonna be like, okay, well, if you like this, this is where you can find me at. This is where you can get the special at and watch mm. it at and stuff like that. So nice. just preparing for that. So what do oh, you yeah. what do you think the trend is gonna be? I mean, it seems as though maybe like the Netflix special or even like a YouTube special mm-hmm. has sort of been the trend in the last decade or so. Yeah, and moving sort of away from like the HBO Comedy Central oh, yeah. Showtime specials. Uh, what do you what do you think do you see like the potential for specials and being released like into the world since it's become just so saturated with like comedy? from me or just in general just in a general sense yeah, yeah. Or, or with you too we yeah, do both I mean, yeah. yeah cause I mean I think that's like a big goal for a lot of comedians to have mm-hmm. like some people say uh, like Comedy Central I'm like fuck that I want HBO Netflix I want it all like, <laughs> I want it whoever's throwing me money I want it all right, so right. yeah I, I think um, yeah specials are uh, the go to now because there's a lot of people mm-hmm. releasing specials so. yeah do you do you worry like like when you put it out uh, like you have to it seems like you have to be real strategic within your marketing mm-hmm. so it doesn't just get sort of pushed off with right. the rest of the specials I mean what where do you think like, how do you think you'll stand out 
versus the other specials that are out there? Um, just be unique. I know, like, if we try to do it, like, worldwide, you know, of mm-hmm. course, no one's going to, like, know, Ooh, who the fuck is she? You know, right. so, sure, sure. like, that's why the goal is to have an agent or whatever to push that out for you to mm. say, like, hey, we just signed her on. This is what we got for her and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Other than that, I have my management team that's really going to just push it out for me and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. um, like, I've created, like, my own fan base. Like, I got my Facebook comedy page and stuff like that. So, you know, I got a good following. So, you just put it, just put it out there just, like, and that's what the the commercials and stuff are going to play in because they're going to, mm-hmm. like, okay, get them amped up and stuff. Like, like I have clips. I'm just not releasing the clips yet because it's right. like, fuck you, you should have been there. It's only $5. <laughs> so. <laughs> nice. so, yeah. Well, I think we'll, we're going to get into a little bit of a lightning round, and I'll say, I'll preface it by saying this can be as long as we want it to. They okay. don't have to actually be. I just, it's a nice segment, I guess, so to speak. But, um, lightning rounds take about 20 minutes usually a little bit longer than that sometimes because we get into stories and chat and whatnot, <laughs> okay, but, yeah. um can you give me a moment in your time in comedy that sort of sticks out is a like i want to do both a positive and maybe like a negative too but it can't be not like a negative where like you went on stage and you broke your leg or something oh, right, you know right, what right, yeah, but okay. like like where you just had this like just this moment on stage where maybe you like had some like you forgot a joke or you like kind of botched mm-hmm. the punchline or something and how you recovered from it something that sort of sticks out to you in that regard um yeah i did it was like my first uh because so i used to perform at ambrosia theater a lot when i first started mm-hmm. and i was doing just clean shows and he finally put me on so saturday night were like the dirty shows and sundays were the church clean shows mm-hmm. so he finally put me on a saturday night show and so i'm like oh hell yeah i get to do all this and so I go up there and I do a joke. Like, I do a new joke like that I never practiced at open mic or anything. And it's like, no one laughed. They're just looking at me. And so I go, well, fuck that joke, you know? <laughs> and so that's when they start laughing. And so I just move on from it. So it's like, you always got to have those recoveries. Sometimes, you know, I recall doing an open mic and I'm like, I'm giving y'all my good shit. No one's like laughing or anything. They're just like, you're just there and I was like oh okay so you get a little down you're like what, what's wrong with you? you know like you know weird audience and stuff like that mm-hmm. you know we always blame it on audience weird audience but <laughs> it was weird because people were coming like oh you were funny and I was like I couldn't tell you weren't laughing so <laughs> <laughs> right but yeah you just you know you have your moments but you know you just push mm-hmm. on keep going yeah how often do you think it's the a good crowd versus a bad crowd versus a bad set um it all depends on the comic. Mm. And sometimes it legit just be a freaking bad crowd. Like, sometimes yeah. the crowd is just like, ugh. Yeah. You know, like, like Where okay. you're like, oh, I know I'm on. It's you guys. Yeah, and they're yeah, just yeah. like, because sometimes people are just, like, when they're there to see, like, a specific person. Like, that's why I hate when people bring people. Like, it's good to bring people to shows because, like, okay, we get a room full of people. But mm. they're there just to see that person. Yeah. So they're not going to like, sometimes you can win them over and sometimes they're just like, no, we're here to see John White or whatever. You know, we're mm. not going to think about you and stuff like that. And then John White's not fucking funny. He mm. just brought a bunch of people who, that support <laughs> him. So they're going to laugh and stuff like that. But sometimes like, yeah, it depends on the comic as well, because I did a show where um every comic that went up before me, the crowd was just not engaging with them. And I'm nervous. I'm like, well, I don't want to go up. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> if they're acting like this, but then when I went up, you know, they're like, oh, okay, you did good. Stuff mm-hmm. like that. So, yeah, it's just, 
It's, it's, it depends on the crime. Right. Yeah. Right. Tell me, is there, now let's do the a positive story, something that sort of sticks out where you're like, oh, that, I can't believe I had that moment or like a joke that maybe you, you had just thought of or written that you told the first time and it killed, you know, like something, something positive that sticks out to you. Oh, yeah, I've had that moment when I tried a joke and it went well. And I was like, oh, thanks. That was my first time doing that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was like, glad y'all like that. Um, but the most uh, best thing that happened to me was um, I was doing some crowd work. And uh, I was talking to this couple and, you know, just digging into them. And, you know, hey, how long have you been together? And they were a young couple. They were like, we've been together for like 10 years. I was like, damn, did y'all start dating in kindergarten or something? <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> And so I was like, oh, you got any kids? And so the boyfriend, he goes, well, not yet. We have one on the way. And so I'm like, oh, you're pregnant. Congratulations. And so everyone in the room knew the couple, but they didn't know the couple was pregnant. And so they're just revealing this big pregnancy to a stranger <laughs> at a show. Everyone's just like, wait, what? <laughs> so I'm like, wow, this just went from a comedy show to a baby shower. Like, <laughs> <laughs> So that, that was good. It made me feel bad because it made me feel like they trusted me to share that yeah. information with me. Like, and they didn't even share it with the people they know. And so right. it, it was a good feeling. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I could see that. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um, what's like the seediest place you've ever performed in? Because I know like from, from our perspective, we played in some like shithole basements in <laughs> bars and churches and houses and things like that. Where one time a pipe had burst and we literally oh, wow. were playing in a circle around a pile of like brown shit water you oh. know and it was just not ideal <laughs> I'll, I'll say that about it really where do you like can you think of a time we don't I guess maybe it's not a great idea to say the place that wasn't so good to perform at but I guess if you if I'll just say the yeah, city yeah yeah uh, um, well I think once I say the city you'll probably know the place but uh, like I can't say like there have been some shows where I'm just like, what am I doing here? Like, you know, <laughs> like I got to stop mm -hmm. doing stuff for people. But mm -hmm. um, but those usually tend out to be the best shows. Yeah. So, but like, so I can't really say it's been a shitty play because like those usually trying to be the best show. But like the most uncomfortable place was uh, in Conklin, Michigan. Because oh, okay. that one was like predominantly white. And it's just like, I swear, like I seen the shiny twins as I was driving it, like <laughs> on the side of the road, like go oh. back. I'm like, oh, okay. But, <sighs> You know, like, it was very uncomfortable. Like I said, I was like, I think I was like the only black person in that town. So yeah. I walk in and they looking at me and I'm just like, oh, fuck. Like, <laughs> I'm like, what's going to happen? So, um, but I went up and I had a good time. Like, that was the time. Uh, was that the show? Yeah. As I'm performing, a guy bought me a drink right in the middle of my uh, set as I'm performing. And I was like, I'm fucking watching you so you don't poison it. So... <laughs> <laughs> Nice. But yeah, it, it was like, it was just more see because it was like uncomfortable, you know, yeah. I felt uncomfortable, but it was a good place. And after I performed, I got the fuck out. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's interesting because I, I grew up in a town maybe five or ten minutes e or west of Conklin. Mm. So I like, I'm kind of familiar with the area, I guess. And like, just to hear that there was a comedy show out there, yeah. it just seems crazy to yeah. me. <laughs> like, I, that's, yeah, that's why. Yeah, I think I that was like I the first and last that. one. Uh, <laughs> Um, well, and I guess in the reverse of that, where, where are places that you like to perform? I mean, what are some of the places that you just always want to go back to? Um, 
Actually, one of the nice places I really enjoy performing is, uh, you guys know the Comedy Project on Leonard Street? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Trevor, uh, he's... Does he takes some classes out yeah, there? I've yeah, seen him perform there. Out yeah, perform that way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, him and his laugh. Fucking laugh. Oh my god! I'm like, yep. Uh, thank you, Trevor. <laughs> he, re- he really does. We when I've been at things where he's also been at, mm-hmm. and I didn't know that he was there. So I, I, I identify laugh. the laugh, and I'm like, oh, Trevor's somewhere in the building. Like, oh my god. Well, that actually makes me think. This is a little bit random, but so I've gone to a couple of the comedy shows. I think I was at Todd Bear and also Hannibal Burris, where this particular oh, okay. person in the audience was there. And uh, they have this really distinct laugh. You may have performed in front of them, but they laugh and they they, they just scream out, <laughs> but like six times that volume. Uh-huh. And there hasn't been one show where that, uh, that person wasn't also in the audience where the comedian didn't acknowledge <laughs> that person's laugh. <laughs> Especially uh, the Todd Berry show, because he was doing the crowd work anyway. Uh-huh. And so when he got to her, that was the only thing they talked about was the laugh and how many comedians she'd seen and, like, oh, who, who'd laugh or yeah, whatever. Yeah, it is Do a girl. You, she got, like, a Woody Woodpecker laugh. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you fam- I, Have you yeah, performed I've, in front of somebody like that? That and, oh, uh, yeah, it was uh, when I did, uh, who was the guy? Uh, Zoltan. Zoltan guy from uh, Do Where's mm. My Car. God, what oh, is his fucking name? yeah. God, I feel like an asshole because I performed this guy and I don't know his name. <laughs> yeah. Hank Williams. Hank, Hank, was it? No, is that it? Hank Williams. Is that his I name? I don't know if it's it. I don't know. But the guy who yeah. played Zoltan and fucking um, um, Dude Where's My Car. So, yeah, uh, yeah, give it a Google, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> so we're at a uh, listening room in Grand Rapids. Oh, well, yeah. You guys been to the listening room before? Mm, yeah, yeah, okay. So we're at a listening room and there's this lady. Like, her laugh is just fucking... <laughs> it's like out of this world so I stopped I'm like who the fuck is laughing like that like why would y'all bring her to a comedy show with that <laughs> laugh I'm like are you in a relationship she'd be like no I said, I see why so I'm just like messing with her like the whole show and she's still laughing I'm like Jesus Christ but it's afterwards Hale Sparks Hale Sparks okay yes <laughs> fucking call him Hank <laughs> hope he doesn't listen to this but <laughs> I hope he does but um yeah, so it, it was that laugh. I was like, Jesus Christ, after the show, I was like, yeah, your laugh is awesome. She was like, thank mm-hmm. you so much. I don't care and all that <laughs> stuff. So it was pretty good, yeah. Nice. What? Uh, so I usually ask this when we have people who are like musicians on, but I'm curious. I've never actually been able to ask a comedian on the show. So one of the fun ones we have is we give you the opportunity to put together your dream lineup, but it's you're the headline and you get to pick the venue that you're performing and we usually do three openers, but okay. they have to be like someone you've worked with in some form or capacity or whatever. So you might have just been on a show with them or open for them in some okay. way. So if you could do that and put together your dream comedy bill with people that you've worked with, who would it be and where would it be? Oh, okay. Uh, it has to be a place I performed at. Mm. Okay, so I would definitely do... Uh, I would definitely do listening room because I really, really like mm. that venue. It's nice. It's intimate. It's a nice stage. This is a good vibe. I really enjoyed that venue. Um, so people I worked with. Okay, let's see. Definitely Bill Bellamy. He was one mm. of my favorites. Um, who else was really good that I worked with? Josh Wolf, of course. Yeah, mm. he he did pretty well. And uh, let's see. God, Eric Griffin. 
He oh, was okay. Eric Griffin, yeah. So nice. from Workaholics, yeah. He was, yeah. yeah that was a good one too. So. I I just saw him at the at uh, what's the space right above Creston? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. At the, yeah. Which show were you at? Cause were well, you at the first one? Uh, it would have been. I want to say. Oh, Trav's gonna listen and he's gonna know exactly the show. I want to say it was the Saturday show, but it was the early one. Was oh, okay. Like the seven. Okay. PM? Yeah. Yeah, because I performed like the very first night. I did a guest spot, oh, okay. but it was like the late show. So gotcha. and it was like the first night that place that opened for the Eric Griffin and stuff like that. Oh, so. Right on. Yeah, because I think Hunter was the host yeah. that night. And then I forget who the feature was. I'd seen him before, but I forget who was featuring for that oh, night. Oh, yeah, I forget who his feature was, too. But when I when I saw him, he was walking off stage and kind of just like, you know, high-fiving, yeah. talking to people. And I was wearing a... I had a beanie on that folded up. <laughs> and he came by me and just looked right at me. And I don't know, something must have clicked <laughs> with him. And he just took the front of my beanie and folded it over <laughs> my eyes. And I was just like, I'm like looking around. And I just sort of played into it because I thought it was funny. I yeah. looked over at my girlfriend. I was like, he got me. Yeah. <laughs> he, just, he just got me. Um, but yeah, it just, that stuck oh, out to me. It was a hilarious moment. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, that pretty much usually wraps up the lightning round. But I do have a question I've been waiting to mm-hmm. ask you because I thought of it a little while ago and figured it'd probably be a better question to ask right. at the end. But what do you think comedy has helped you learn about yourself or helped you figure out, like, about who you are? Um. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, like, I usually tell people, like, comedy, like, legit saved my life because mm. I was headed down the wrong, like, path. You know, I had a little mm. case against me. You know, I was going to court. I was facing jail time. I was mm. just not in a good space. And so by being able to get on stage and, like, just, just like, people listen. Like, you're going to listen to my problems, but laugh. You know, like, helps mm. me, you know, relax and stuff like that. And, um... You learn a lot about yourself. You learn who you are as a person, like, and, you know, you find acceptance in yourself, like, you know, because mm-hmm. sometimes I have some identity issues, and it's just mm-hmm. like, well, comedy, I'm on stage, they don't give a shit what I do behind the scenes, they just care if I can make them laugh, so, mm-hmm. you know, through that and counseling and a lot of stuff, you know, it, it really helps a lot, because uh, I can recall a time where, like, uh, I was having some, uh, so I suffered from bipolar disorder, and so I was having some issues with getting my, uh, my psychiatrist put me on new medication, and I was having some issues getting the medication and stuff like that, and my insurance was just like, they kept saying I had another insurance, I'm like, I don't have no insurance, I pay you guys, give me my medicine, <laughs> it was just crazy, and I'm like, off meds, so I'm just like, okay, like, if I don't have nothing, I'm going to Pyrex, like, it was at that mm-hmm. point, but uh-huh. I was still able to get on stage and still perform, knowing that like I'm under this like I'm like not myself and so to be able to do that and have people laughing like that was a very strong moment for me because it's like despite whatever I'm going through I can still push through and perform and have a good time and put smiles on people's faces so Mm, that's great comedy is good it's it's a it's a good thing that's why people do it for the money and it's like you, I mean, yeah, money's good. You get paid, but you have to love it. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. You you, it ha- you have to do it just because because just sometimes you won't get paid. Like you know, right. driving three hours to a show not to get paid. You know, it you have to do that. Driving out of different cities, you mm. know, just yeah. for the exposure. So right, you just have to you have to love it. So yeah, and I think that does kind of show the big difference between like someone who does stand up. Even if it is for a living, I mean, you'd still do it regardless of whether or not you got paid for it. It's yeah. just something you kind of have yeah. to do that's ingrained within you. Right. Yeah, very cool. 
Um, yeah, where can people hear your comedy, or where? When was the special coming out, or when do you think? Um, at least? I, uh, yeah. I want to say, what is this? May, June, maybe September. Okay, maybe sooner, but I, sure. I would say shoot for September. Mm-hmm. Right now, it's in the editing process. Um. But I may, like, do some clips every now and then. Like, I may do a good clip, you know, just a teaser, you know, just to build yeah. it up. Like, like oh, hey, fuckers, you forgot I filmed a special. Here's a clip, you know, just to get people, like, excited about it and stuff like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, if you just follow me on Instagram at ThatFunnyGirlBree, T-H-A-T-F-U-N-Y-G-I-R-B-R-I. Um, Facebook, Brianna Blackburn, or Comedian Funny Girl Bree, uh, TikTok comedian brianna blackburn um so yeah just follow me um i post all my shows on my social medias and stuff like that right on website coming soon merch coming soon so yes yeah, nice yes if, yeah. if you uh send me the links to those i'll throw them in the information oh, okay. for the episode. Yeah. do you have any this is probably going to come out two or three weeks from now you got any shows that you want to let people know about um, yeah, so uh, June 11th in Muskegon, Michigan, I'll be hosting a show with D-Ray Davis and nice. Donnell Rawlings. Everybody know that, a.k.a. Mm. Ashley Larry from Chappelle <laughs> Show. So, yeah, it's going to be at the Fallenthal Center. Oh, yeah. That's how you say it. Okay. Nice. Very in nice. Muskegon. So, yeah. 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 Uh, have you performed there before? I have not. Oh, so it's I'm a really excited. nice oh, theater. It's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's a great place. So I'm excited. So, yeah. yeah right on. Very cool. Well, thank you again for yeah, doing this. Thank you for having yeah, me. I appreciate fun. it. We we always close out with uh, our guests giving themselves some advice for the future. So mm-hmm. when you listen to it in the future, you'll always have that last little bit that you're kind of talking to yourself. Right. So go ahead and we'll close with you giving future Brianna some advice. Uh, Stay focused. Uh, don't get distracted. Just know everything will be all right. You've been through worse. So mm-hmm. just keep going, basically. So just keep going my model keep going <laughs> nice hell yeah very cool yeah. hell yeah